This episode of After the Show is brought to you by Odyssey. Odyssey are makers of headphones for gamers and audiophiles alike. You can check them out on www.audeze.com. That's www.audeze.com. You're listening to the After The Show Movie Podcast from ascully.com. You can find this podcast on the iTunes Music Store, Google Play, YouTube, Voice Assistance, just say listen to After The Show Movie Podcast, and you can also find us on ascully.com where we post written reviews. With that out of the way, here are your hosts, Ascully and Sitok. Hello, Sitok. Hello. Hello. Hello, listeners. Hello. Nobody? <laughs> Nobody at all? Um, Sit up. What have you been doing? Uh, what time frame? Before like the, last the after five the minutes. show. Before the, before the after the show discussion? Yeah. Working on a project where I am making a video, and then before the show discussion was after the movie. So we're just, we're talking about this movie, and I'm... Um, on the process, in the process of deciding to start a new city on City Skylines, does anyone care? Probably still, not. You still didn't try The Sims. No, not yet. That's I'm a time eater. Ma- well, you're just gonna have to be disappointed because that, for me, is a black hole. I go in, I don't come out. So it, I'm gonna have to have major commitment for that one. Disappointing, Sid Talk. That's okay. I can live with your disappointment. All right. It is. Um, Saturday, October the 3rd. Happy Halloween. What? Month. <laughs> Happy Halloween month. I'm going to have to start my horror genre horror. exploration. I take every October to watch lots of horror movies. Well, I'll tell and you. I shall do it again. Some of those free um, services I've been browsing through this week on the Fire TV mm-hmm. for your mom. They're full of horror movies. Like, you know, yeah, like the kind it. that you like as well. I'll find some. All right, so um, this is Saturday, October. I'll do that instead of playing The Sims. <laughs> nice. Saturday, October the 3rd. This is after the show number 654. We're a movie review podcast. We're going to look at a movie this week. This week's movie is Rambo Last Blood, which is the final installment in the Rambo trilogy. No? What would you call five Quadrilogy. Movies? Five Quad- movies? Are there five? There's five altogether. What mm. would you call that? A pentology? Uh, don't know. I'm calling it a pentology okay. because a pentagram has five sides. Okay. It's a 2019 movie released. It's actually out on 4K right now, rated R, and it's definitely an R-rated movie. I mean, it's from our friends at Lionsgate who sent us a copy for review. Sid Talk, give us the synopsis of Rambo Last Blood. I think that you're not really asking me for a synopsis. Come on. It's Rambo. There isn't anyone who doesn't know what that is, right? No. And if they don't know what it is, they're not interested. So Rambo, oh. defender, murderer, slash defender. I'll tell you what it says <laughs> on the back of the box. Almost four decades. Does it not say Rambo, defender, murderer on the box? <laughs> no. It says this. Almost four decades after he drew first blood... Sylvester Stallone is back as one of the greatest action heroes of all time. John Rambo, now Rambo. What? (laughs) Okay, no. 
Okay, I missed the uh, period. All right, John Rambo, period. Now, Rambo must confront his past and unearth his ruthless combat skills to exact revenge in a final mission. A deadly journey of vengeance, Rambo Last Blood makes this the final chapter of the Legendary series. Yeah, that's not what I said, but that's accurate. I don't know about bringing up his past, confronting his past, other than what PTSD he must have suffered in his life and his skills he has acquired. But he's not confronting like some big bad foe that we've known about for 40 years or anything like that. He has it's a very special him. set of skills. It's kind of like him against himself and these assholes. And let's... Um, uh, let's Let me uh, just put this out there now. I'm not a violent person. However, in the context of the story that has been created here, I was 100% in support of every act of violence that occurred toward all the bad guys. Just putting that out there so that you don't think I, you know, there's no question. I support the violence in this context. All right. So let's um, go back in time. Let's go back, way back. What is your history with the Rambo movies? Uh, I've seen Rambo, First Blood, and I probably saw number two. And I think that's it. You didn't see the third one. Like I just said, I saw it. You clarifying after I've the told you? The third one's no. the best one. The no. action part. The really crazy one. Like No. Well, how come? What the hell? It must because it's a- the same story over and over and over. No, and no, I don't no, no. get excited by the concept of the same story over and over, i.e. things like <clears throat> Fast and the Furious. You know, the stuff like that. Coconut theory. Coconut theory? What? You like said something under your breath. Coconut theory? No. I don't know what you said. Doing the same thing over and over and over. And then you went, <coughs> coconut theory. <laughs> I did not say <laughs> You're going to have to listen back. I don't even know what I said. That could have sounded like coconut theory. Uh, I, I, was, I thought you were saying that the movie, the coconut theory movies were <laughs> just the same thing over and over again. If there is such a series of movies, I would like to know. <laughs> well, um... For me, the Rambo films, back in the VHS era, I saw the first one. And the first one, like the Rocky films, the first movie's quite serious and not over the top. You know what I'm saying? The first Rocky film is very serious and dramatic and not Mm -hmm. over the top. It gets progressively more over the top as they go into the sequels. And the same with Rambo. The first movie, as far as I remember, was it Oscar-nominated, like Rocky? Or maybe not. I don't remember. I mean, it was like, but it was more of a drama. Yes, it has a lot of action. But it, it was a lot about the story. And then the story kind of kind of took the backseat in the sequels, especially the third one, where it just Rambo just basically turned into a like a superhero. who just can take on a whole army and not get killed. And just sounds it, like this one. It got well. No, even more than that. Like, like people firing bazookas and rockets at him, and him just like stepping to the side and then missing him. It got. You never saw the third Mm -hmm. one, but I mean, it got crazy. It was like watching the Avengers, and you know, I think that was just a thing in the eighties. Like the Rocky movies got progressively more kind of ludicrous as well, right? So, I watched all these on VHS. I mean, I watched the first one, and then I remember getting the sequel and thinking, wow, the sequel's not even like the first one at all. It's like a completely different thing. And then the third one. And then in, I think it was 2013, they made the fourth one. You didn't see it. Mm -mm. 
but I watched it. And what that was was just like a, like a, f- it was like remaking the first movie, but adding loads of blood and guts to it, like making it way more violent than it used to be. And this one that we just watched, the final installment, is kind of reining it in. I think I explained it the best to you. It's like Rambo Home Alone edition, <laughs> right? Yes. <laughs> because he's at home, some stuff gets done to him, and then he sets a bunch of traps and, you know, the two the two guys who turn up in Home Alone. And you know what? I watched a bit of Home Alone the other day. It was just on TV and I was watching it. And uh, that was really stupidly violent for a kid's film. Yeah, of course. Like, you wouldn't get away with that now, would you? Probably you like, could. Yeah. Like when he fires, uses the aerosol can and flamethrowers his hair off. It's like, uh, you don't really want to be telling kids that, that that's a thing you can do. Kids already know that. <laughs> You're very delusional if you think kids don't already know that and haven't already watched every clip from everything that's ever been done that they could try at home. I do have a story about that. Okay. Um, when I was like back at school, one of my friends, um, we went to his house and we were listening to heavy metal albums because he's really into heavy metal. We listened to Ozzy Osbourne and he said... Have you ever like set fire to a um, your aerosol can? Spray the aerosol can and set fire to it. And we were all like, there was a few of us. We're like, no. You got it's really cool. So he got his like old spice, like um, you know, antiperspirant, and he sprayed it and lit his lighter and set the curtains on fire completely. Oh we had God. to all throw water over the curtains. I remember it to this day. And what else happened? Is that it? Uh, well, then he got in trouble from his mother when she came home really badly because the house smelled like totally like smelled of smoke and obviously he had no curtains left. That was the story. I think he was grounded for three weeks. And you, of course, were Mr. Innocent, did not participate in any way. You were just an innocent bystander. And I was actually, um, I, when he said that, I was like, that's terrifying. Would Let's do it outside. Oh, right. Not in your bedroom. You want to safely participate in dangerous <laughs> things. I got it. I got it. But yeah, so um, that's really off topic. So onto the topic of Rambo. There might be some spoilers here. It's a Rambo film, though. In fact, I said to you during the movie when something happened, I said, this isn't a spoiler, but he's probably going to kill everybody in that group. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I was like, I'm not shocked at what you're saying. No. I totally am on board with that. You know, because this does follow the formula in a way. Because we'll say the bad guys are, well, I don't know about human trafficking, but they are essentially kidnapping young women in the city. They're in Mexico. It could be anywhere, but they're kidnapping them, drugging them, taking them off to a brothel, where then they are used as disposable sex yes. objects, right? Um, so these are the men who organize that, who enforce that, all the thugs who go around the little minions with their guns to protect that, including we even get a few of the customers of that, or patrons, or whatever you want to call them, the sleaze bags. So those are the bad guys we're going after. That's why I'm 100% okay with every single thing that happens to them, including stabbing in the penis. I think that was all right. Yeah, there was all kinds of stabbings, beheadings. Yep. Blowing up, blowing face being stabbed in half, all kinds of glory stuff. Um, Which these people deserve nothing less. So uh, there will be spoilers from this point onwards, because there is some 
places this movie goes, which I'm very, I was very surprised and uh, like actually like I thought I'd figured out what this movie. Yeah, we're gonna spoil it as in we're gonna spoil the thing that both of us were like, whoa. Yeah. So be prepared that if you don't want to be spoiled, then you will just uh, go watch it. All right. So the spoiler is uh, what Rambo dies. No, that's not the spoiler. <laughs> the spoiler is that. Well, the story is there's a young woman that he's been helping to raise. It is not his daughter, right? She calls him Uncle John. Right. Uh, the daughter of someone we don't know. We've discovered that sh- this is not from any of the other movies. So. No. Um, Something happened in the last She's old enough now to go off to college, but she wants to go to Mexico to find her father. He tells her no. The woman who cares for her tells her no. And she goes to Mexico on her own. Anyway, it's within driving distance of where they live. She goes there. She's one of the people who gets drugged and taken off to one of these brothels. And thus, our John Rambo decides to go fuck everybody up. Correct. But the (laughs) the actual thing... Yeah, he's going to save her. So keep in mind, we got Taken going on here. We we understand the parallels. So I was like, I get this movie. He's yep. going to save her. He's going to bring her back to the... He lives on this cool big farm in uh, Texas. Going to bring her back. Arizona, but close enough. And then he's going to defend um, the farm from them coming back because he killed a load of their dudes, so they're going to be pissed, right? That's what I thought, too. I thought that was it. Like, that's it. He's going to be defending the two ladies at the end, uh, you know, in his booby-trapped farm. But what happens? On the way, after having rescued her, driving her home to be safe, uh, she dies. And, and uh, we were both like, what? Yeah. And re- what? And actually, it didn't um, pull any punches of when she did get captured. It actually showed that they were drugging her with heroin or whatever, yeah. crack or something. And then there was like a montage scene where you could see that different dudes had actually been with her. Yes. Also. So they'd never like kind of go, oh, did she, did they do anything with her? No. Yeah, they're not been... sugarcoating her very terrible story. And she's like, you know, um, a, I was going to say a nice, just an average teenage girl, right? She's not like... She's college age. She's getting ready to go off to college. Yeah. And she seems, from what we see at the beginning, really sweet and she loves John. And... She's basically been raised on this farm, isolated. Yeah. You know? So that makes it even worse because it's like she gets into this, you know, she goes to see, first she goes to see her friend, Giselle. Who's a jerk. She mm. needs somebody to smack her too, that girl. She's and a then, bitch. Then she gets involved. <laughs> You're not going to find me having a lot of sympathy for characters who represent sort of the worst of human nature. Right. And this movie's like super, it's, it is very heavy handed and. Sure. Um, There's lots of stereotypes. And simple. Like it's. It's a very simple thing. Like, this happens, this happens, revenge. Like, <laughs> yes. <laughs> like, it's not complicated. There's nothing complicated. The dialogue's not complicated. You you can't, there's never, you can't be a moment where you're like, what's happening? I don't understand this. Yeah, there's it's no real. lack of clarity when it comes to understanding who's bad. Right. It's very, like, cartoonish in that way, but I guess Rambo always has been. A little bit. But, now what makes this... Different for me was I did I wasn't actually prepared for the level of violence in this movie, and I, in a good way I, I liked it because I like watching horror movies and stuff. But this really goes overboard, right? Like, <laughs> yeah. I mean, some people wouldn't be able to take it. It's that like, confronting. <laughs> Even like 
like when he does all the booby trapping part at the end, that's obviously very violent. There's people blowing up, there's heads coming off. It gets really crazy. But even at the beginning of the movie, when the guy cuts his face, like a, like one of these Mexican guys cuts Rambo's face, and they don't just cut away from it; they just show him cutting his like cutting his flesh, like yeah. Well, they didn't really. And then the I know you know how movies work. And then work. they show Rambo smashing people in the face with a hammer at one point, like a few times, and it's like gross looking, like this hardcore. It looks like a realistic thing, so they don't cut away from the violence ever. Did you notice that the movie didn't really mess with guns very much? Like, No, I mean, they all had machine guns. They did, the yeah. bodies, but Rambo didn't really piss about no, with no. guns. I he, mean, he had a shotgun in the end part. I think because the understanding about what psychology of violence is, when it's a knife or some other blunt object, that it's very personal. So I think that we're supposed to understand that he's just, he wants to be as close as he possibly can. He's not going to hide behind a, you know, 50 yard shooting range where he can shoot him off or like snipe him off from Which a distance. Which is what he used to do He wants somehow. to be right up and close because this is, this time it's personal. Oh wait, that's a whole other movie. And you know, he uses bow and arrow, like, um. Uh, if he does use a gun in this movie, he's not like, if you remember the old Rambo where he's got a... Massive machine gun with a big belt of uh, bullets around his waist, and he's like feeding them all in, shooting everybody. No, he's using a shotgun at close range. He's using like some weird, like chemicals and stuff. You saw that, right? Where he fires like a shotgun into the back of two oh, guys, yeah. and it kind of like lit him on fire. Mang- magnesium? Oh, yes, that's right. Yeah, so he's like, it's crazy stuff that he's doing. He's, and, you know, he's, he's Bill Nye, the revenge guy. Pretty oh, much. Oh, that was pretty good. Yeah. And it is, it, you know, he's, the thing at the beginning of the movie, this is why I'm saying it's kind of a simple movie, is he's, he lives in this, like, really cool farm. He's riding his horse. It's really nice-looking ranch-type place. And then next thing you know, he's under the farm in a series of tunnels. And you're like, hmm, why is there a series of tunnels under this farm? Oh, Rambo lives here. Of course yeah, there's of a course. series of tunnels. <laughs> Because he was going to be paranoid that somebody's going to come and get him or yeah. something. He needs to have the upper hand. But then he's got a a forge down there where he forges knives. And it's all kind of wired up to, uh, and you know. So as soon as you know, as soon as you figure out, oh, he's got this tunnel network under the thing. That was where I was like, I can tell where the last act of this movie is going to take place. <laughs> yeah, like, exactly. Yeah. Like, um, remember the ending to Better Call Saul this year? Mm-hmm. It was the same kind of setup under yeah. the tunnels, under the and with the Mexican drug cartel under the in tunnels under the house. Um, so that's what this reminded me of. Now, but the level of violence is very hardcore. Like it's extreme, even like I've you know it's, it's well, it's not it's gore. I mean, to yeah. me, there's not a lot of violence other than the fight of them beating the shit out of him originally, right? So that's the violent scene where there's kicking and punching. The rest of it is gore. It's like gore, a thing yeah. flies, chops a person in the face, the blood splats on the wall, and then we move on real quick. Now, that is violence as in someone's being violently attacked by an item, but to me that's more for the gore. Whereas the fight scene where they're beating the shit out of him, you're like, damn, he's old, man. You are going to kill him. I know you're not going to because he's Rambo, but still, that's hard 
that was a violent scene to me versus a thing flying off the ceiling and chopping a putting a nail in a guy's head and then he's dead to me that's just fake horror yeah it's like horror i i was i was like it's it is like horror the part in the tunnels is like horror it's like you're watching i could even be like sci-fi like or like uh, saw like aliens where they're where all the marines are trapped in the thing and it's going to kill them one by one you know in a disgusting way every time right and this is what was going on here and it's i thought it was really effective there was a series of explosions in the farm, which was amazing looking. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. And there was a, a cartoonish, it was almost like bloody uh, Looney Tunes, where he, where he gets the main, you know, the henchman at the end, the big guy. Oh, very, and yeah. kills him. It's totally. Like, it, 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 so I was like, is this a real, like a, a live action Looney Tunes cartoon? Because it does get a bit, you could say it's very silly. That I mean, <laughs> it's a bit silly, right? What happens to that guy? Um, I understand it's it, though. He writes, you know, Stallone writes, and so do whoever write these stories. They write from a very literal thing. You, they've ripped out his heart, right, by killing this girl. And his whole life has been basically fighting against the motherfuckers of the world who want to make other people miserable and take from them and destroy them and murder them and rape them. Right. So it's been his whole fight to maybe find a place where he can have some people who he has protected and they're safe and they can live the life without these jerk offs interfering. And now they have, and they've erased his life, right? They've ripped out his heart. And yeah, so that's what he's doing. I don't mind that that's where you want to go because I, you know, I don't even know what the feeling of true revenge like that would be. I think it would be pretty hardcore. Yeah. This is a fictional revenge, not life revenge. But this shit happens in real life. People murder people. You know, you Mm. have to. So I'm surprised there aren't more revenge killings that we hear about in the world. uh, One thing I did, I, I quite liked the movie, actually. But one thing I did find was I felt like the last section of it felt a bit rushed. Like it just was over and done with quickly. Mm. A little bit. You know, like like it, it really gets to the point very quickly. It's like, here he is setting up the traps. It's quite functional, yes. Yeah, here they all come, and now they're all dead. Like, it, it was very quick. Like, it wasn't it, it wasn't like him... They didn't drag out, like, him stalking them around slowly or anything. It was just bang, 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 bang. Oh, there's the main guy. Rip his heart out. The end. <laughs> I mean, so that... But I mean, what else is there, right? You're either going to kill him or you're going to kill the guy or yeah. the guy's going to get away with it. So those are the only options. I did or- find the tunnel scenes highly satisfying, though, because I was very invested in in, in the girl. Mm-hmm. What happened to the girl was the most horrendous thing ever. And I couldn't, I couldn't even barely believe that that happened. Mm-hmm. When she was in the car and she'd passed away... I was like, no, well, surely... You're like, this isn't how you make movies. No, I was like, surely though, he's going to get back to the ranch now and the lady's going to come out and she'll nurse her back to health, right? That's it, right? It's something. But no, she's actually dead. Which, And then you're like, oh, okay. Everyone else is going to die. Yeah, fair <laughs> enough. Much, yeah. This is how we get our third act. We get it. And here's a montage of him setting traps, as usual. Rocky hey man, and Rambo you, films always have a montage. If you got skills, Rocky didn't set traps. Um, there's always a montage oh, film. Yes. In, there's always a montage in a Rocky <laughs> or a Rambo Rocky film. setting traps is funny. Sylvester Stallone loves a montage. 
is basically what it is. So yeah, it sets the traps and everybody's dead. And what how do you feel about um like it being kind of open at the end? I didn't feel like it was totally open. I mean he's old, he's half dead. You know? I mean the only thing to do is get older or die. I so. would have changed the ending, personally. He would have you need fifty million dollars to go make your own movie then? He would have sat in the rocking chair. He's he's wounded, by the way. He didn't get off from this uh, interaction. He got shot quite a few couple of times, right? And they don't make him look like superhero guy. He stumbles and he runs slow and he's out of breath. I mean, he's not being like superhero. He's throughout. just he just knows the terrain better than they do, so that he gets them right. Exactly. I mean, he, he, it's like if somebody comes in your house, you know the house. I can wander through the house in the dark, right, and not bump into anything. The person who true. comes in cannot do that. <laughs> so true, true. I'd have the upper hand. So um, that's basically what it is. But at the end, he he goes and sits in the rocking chair at the front of his house. He's lost everything, pretty much. I mean, he's lost everything, right? Yeah. And uh, he's wounded. And then the camera pans up. And then the credits roll. And then it, the credits are a montage of scenes from the old movies, too, which is kind of good for a fan of the movies. But then there's a a scene right at the end of that montage where he gets up off the rocking chair and um, rides off on a horse. I would have left that part out and just had him in the rocking chair. And Well, let's be very honest with everyone. You didn't even notice that, so maybe other people won't notice it either. Right. You just thought he died in the chair. people (laughs) will notice it, but I I would have had, if you're going to have an open ending, I would have rather had the, he probably died in that chair. But that was it. Like, he'd finished everything, right? His whole mm. his whole life was... This chapter came to an end. All of it came to an end. He's... what? What's the point? Like, exactly. Anymore. Like, is is there another bad guy coming? Did, is there more people coming down from Mexico? So they make another ver- another one? I would rather... They don't not. really stick with that. There always, there's always a different foe. So it would yeah. be something completely different. But, I mean, he'll be 90, so... Yeah, let's not forget... <laughs> Um, that would be a bit like um, Clint Eastwood in Gran Torino, where he's like really old. I mean, he's not 90, but... But I mean, you can't overlook the skills. No. And the knowledge, you know? Don't so th- count these old dudes out. So that's how simple this movie is. It's very, very simple. Revenge. But it's pretty well shot, I thought. I also like that it's not a straight up they killed his woman or they killed his daughter. This is just a young lady that he met the mother at some point. She's not his kid. The woman was not a love interest, from what we can tell. He just took them on board at some point. Um, I think I think maybe he wanted just a normal life. Yeah. Right. And then that I'm was... I'm guessing emotionally he probably couldn't maintain a regular relationship. No. <laughs> He's been through a lot of shit. Yeah, that's true. And like you said to me, has Rampo ever had a woman in these movies? But I don't think... I can't recall one. So... You sure there wasn't one called Adrian? That was the other <laughs> franchise. <laughs> you asked me what Sylvester Stallone's done. I'm like, that and this. Rambo and Rocky. And? That's it. Demolition Man. Oh, true. But that's not exactly <laughs> like... That's not exactly... And also, was he in Judge Dredd? Yes, he was in Judge Dredd. He tried to branch out, but nothing sticks quite as good as the Rocky-Rambo combination. No. And him and uh, Schwarzenegger, they're, they're of a time, aren't they, those two guys? Uh, but they're both still doing movies now. True. Like, so, you know, they stuck around. You've got to give them that. So, yeah, there's nothing uh, 
artsy or complicated or like mind uh, thought provoking or anything really about this. It's straight up some dudes do some shit and then he kills them all. I mean, that's. Yep. Man versus man. There's yeah. no man versus himself in this because he's just like, screw it. I'm, yeah. t- I'm throwing my meds away. His meds are keeping him stable. He said to her, I'm just trying to keep a lid on everything that's wrong with me. And then he throws his medication on the ground and then you know, okay. He's no longer taking his mood levelers and his antidepressants and his whatever else he's taking. They show a whole bunch of bottles on his thing in the beginning. And he's just going to let the shit fly. And he did. For a good cause. Yes. <laughs> I mean, you could you could analyze it and go, did violence against violence solve anything? Well, it got rid of those assholes. It did, but... We also lost the the young lady's life. Yeah, but we didn't do violence to her. They did. So they should be violenced against and yeah. be done with. That was the part that was ballsy to me, that yep. they would do that. Like, and she's a young lady and she's done nothing wrong. And- I said, they can't really tell this story, though, and be all like, oh, she didn't actually ever get raped and she didn't have any drugs. She was just stuck in a room and then he came and saved her and it's all precious. But we also see all the other little girls who have been stolen and are drugged up and been raped. So... We look at them and go, oh, how terrible. Oh, we're so glad she's been saved from all of this. That's not a reasonable way to tell the story. No. And uh, there's also when he goes to rescue her and he rescues the other girls there and none of them want to leave. Like, oh, they're terrified. Yeah. So like even he like, is like, you can go now. And they're, they're like, no, they'll kill us. Yeah, exactly. So it's like not really solved anything in that because that's going back to business tomorrow, right? That no, because all the guys are gone. So I don't think it will. All the men, almost all those men that we yeah, saw there. I don't there. know if that's all of them. Well, the two head guys are gone. Yeah, the two head guys. Uh, one, literally, head, head guy. Head guy. Heart guy, head guy. <laughs> <laughs> all right, so the cast here is Sylvester Stallone as John Rambo. You know that. Mm-hmm. He's 70-something years old. Do you think he does? You know what? I feel like he's less mumbly than he usually is in this movie. I think so, and he has quite a bit of dialogue. Yeah, there are some movies. In, uh, Rocky Balboa is one of them. The, you know, fairly recent Rocky movie, last 10 years, that he was super mumbly in it and very hard to understand. But I thought he was all right in this one. I wasn't like, eh, what's he saying? Because he does have a... Mm-hmm. No, I thought he did all right. And I feel like he plays his characters, which is Rambo and Rocky, with conviction, like he believes in them. Like the, he, I he, agree. He tries to like bring the character again and not just be Sylvester Stallone. So um, I give him props for it. And I, you know something, while I was in, uh, researching this movie, I didn't actually realize that Sylvester Stallone directed the Rambo movies. Did you? Hmm. I did not. No, I mean, I thought they were like, he was just a star. I didn't realize he was writing and directing them. Uh, what else we got? We got Paz Vega. That's Carmen Del- Delgado. What do you think of Paz Vega? I mean, she played a journalist. Oh, we never mentioned what she was. Yeah, she, there's a lady who sees him eyeballing this bad guy in the bar, and then she stumbles along whenever he gets injured, and, you know, we're doing all the spoilers. So she's the reasonable person in this Mexican city who's like, she's trying, her sister's been involved in this and has passed, and now she's trying to do a journalistic story about it, which seems very ineffective. 
But uh, she happens to be there to save him. And then she happens to be there when he needs her help again. And that's it. Unfortunately, she's good. It fizzles out completely. Yeah, totally fizzles out. They don't readdress her or, you know, unfortunately, there were some options to bring her in and be the one that they're, they've got a knife to her neck in the end. And like she, you know, for him to care about, but they didn't do any of that. So that's reasonable. But yeah, we didn't get any resolution on that lady. Then we've got um, Yvette Monreal as Gabriella. She's the young lady, right? Mm-hmm. Um, I thought she was really good. Yeah, she did a really good job. There's some terrible. I cared uh, about her. There's some terrible green screen in this movie, there and is. some of it involves her when she's driving. She's not to blame. <laughs> it's like that, um, you know, like the 1950s movies when people are driving and there's a projection. Exactly, behind them. it's it exactly like, like that. And I was like, wow, this movie actually looks really good, like generally, but that part looks terrible. Yeah, it does. But she was good. She was really. Um, convincing a lot you know and i said to you right at the beginning that's why i cried because i'm like damn they took a third of the movie to make me care about this girl yeah <sighs> and at the beginning when she was she's going like i, re- I really gotta go and find my dad in mexico and they sylvester Stallone's like uh you're not doing that no never doing that yeah the guy's <laughs> an idiot and an asshole and then she gets in a car and she's like, bye, Uncle John. Just like she's going to college or something. And you're like, oh, fuck. Don't go. <laughs> this whole movie could be resolved very quickly if you just listen to your Uncle John. I said the movie could be resolved quickly if Sylvester Sloan, Uncle John, chained her up in the tunnels underneath <laughs> until she's about 40 when she doesn't care anymore. <laughs> but uh, she goes and it really turns out nasty. And that's that. And Adriana Barraza plays Maria. She's like the, what would you call her? Uh, She's like, I can't tell if she's her grandmother. Yeah, it's not 100% It's like a family that isn't like your traditional family. This lady didn't ever say she was her grandmother, but she did, was pissed off that the father had beaten the mother and then the mother died of cancer. It's a very tragic story, this young lady's life. John was like the best thing in her life. Um, yeah, he, so I don't know what, what she was except a friend, and then he made a family out of them. So, And then we've got, um, I just put various goons on the list, including the two brothers who, um, <laughs> everybody who's a bad guy in this is just super two-dimensional. There's no depth to them. You know they're just going to get shot or killed, right? Mm-hmm. There's nothing about them at all. It's not even worth the scenes that they're in where they're actually I mean, acting. they're menacing. So yeah, I'm on board with that. But it's barely even the scenes where they tr- where they showing you that they're menacing, where they tr- where they get John at first and cut his face. Mm-hmm. It's it's just two dimensional. The dialogue's two dimensional. The whole thing is like we know they're bad guys and they're gonna die. We know this story. <laughs> yes, that's it from the beginning. You don't even need to be a Rambo fan to don't know toy what's with happening. us. These guys are bad. You could have made them interesting, a little more interesting, but you know. Yeah, they're not. They're not. Uh, at all. Um, directed by Adrian Grunberg. He had directed that movie with Mel Gibson called Get the Gringo, which actually was a pretty good movie. Mm-hmm. Do you remember that? Mm-hmm. It was like the first movie after Mel Gibson had been a dick and nobody liked him anymore. <laughs> it was the first movie where he came back and it was kind of a hard movie to sell to anybody. But we reviewed it and I believe we liked it. It was kind of a good movie, wasn't mm-hmm. it? A good action. Well made. Kind yeah. of also two-dimensional, but functional. Yeah. Um, so this, you know, Sylvester Stallone generally um, directs these Rambo movies. But this one's this age. What did you think of the direction of it? 
Well, that was good. I mean, it was functional. It did remind me of a Clint Eastwood movie, surprisingly, because right. it felt like there's a one shot. We're looking down the tunnel. The guy's head blows off and we cut away instantly. There's no like lingering or zooming or like no uh, caressing different things at all. There's no fanciness. There's a couple of slow motion segment segments. I think that's just because when they looked at it in their dailies, they're like, holy crap. We don't we need have enough. Or, well, no, I think it was like, holy crap. Look at this. We have to show this. You know right. what I mean? So there's only a little bit of that. There's nothing very precious about they don't, I mean, there's a few little sunbursts, which I was accepting of in the car when they're talking, because it wasn't too much. Um, but no, I thought it was fine. There's quite a few drone shots that they used. Mm-hmm. Uh, they look really cool. That ranch looks really awesome. Any, any Anything to do with that ranch when they're using the drone flying over it, I really enjoyed all those parts. Yeah, it looked really good. Um, I mean, that cinematography. Direction is pretty, like you say, straightforward. It's It's... Like, it's an action movie. It knows it's an action movie. It's not trying to be artsy. Um, yeah, and it's not like Born. We're not trying any new sort of camera movements or getting right in the guts of the action with sort of like... No shaky calm. It's yeah, pretty steady. Don't think there was ever. Even when he, I think, decided to go like ape shit, it just was very straightforward. One shots. Rem- oh, there's a few close-ups, but mostly just like the camera's sitting there. You might pan a little bit, but you're just seeing... The story's just playing out in front of you, which I like sometimes. So this is the the people on AMDB who we have a look at every week. The ones who don't like this movie at all and give it a 1 out of 10. <laughs> they're the most interesting to me anyway. Because they're usually... I don't know. Most of them don't even watch the movie fully, so it's kind of interesting to see what people uh, think of them. So what does this guy say? He says, I don't know what happened here. I had such high hopes. They spend three quarters of the movie setting up for 20 minutes of action in a tunnel and that's it. This is the grand finish to Rambo. I'm so disappointed. I wanted this movie to be great. It's like the perfect ending to Rambo. (laughs) When you think about it, it's like this is exactly how Rambo's story would end, right? Yeah, this guy says... He's not going to become like a a statesman in the White House where he's helping to protect the president or any of that bullshit, like Gerard Dupardeau guy. It's not Dupardeau, but the other one. Gerard Butler. Yes, protecting Morgan Freeman. I mean, we're not going that route. He's not going to be... And I'm glad they didn't make him a bartender, right? He's just the bartender, and then he sees some nefarious stuff going on, and then his woman gets murdered, and then he has to go on a rampage. So... I think they. this is exactly how it should have ended. He just wanted to not be involved anymore you know yeah think that he did one good thing in his life which is help to raise this girl and have her do her life and so sad this guy says i wasted two hours of my life (laughs) well that's good because it was only one hour and 29 minutes (laughs) what did you do for that other 40 minutes 31 minute for the for the other 31 31 minutes yes maybe he was buying popcorn and you know stuff related to the movie he's not very good at math This guy says, oh, here we go. This is like a Home Alone collab. (laughs) We need to see Rambo First Blood to hopefully erase this. Don't know what that means. Oh, watch the original again. Yeah. This guy says, I watched Rambo 1 and 2 when I was a teenager. They were great action movies. This Rambo is a bad sequel. A garbage. It's a disappointment. Thus, it was put the lid on the coffin. More gore and stupidity. (laughs) (laughs) That's a lot. That's a lot. That's a lot. (laughs) That's a lot to throw out there, but hey. 
This guy says, Sylvester Stallone is finally back in his best role ever and his acting is almost as good as he was in Spy Kids 3. (laughs) The story is believable and one would almost think it was based on a true life event. Like many other adult men, I was touched by the story and after seeing it, I needed a hug. There was a lack of action and violence, though. There's one thing I don't quite understand. Why does he bury the girl alive when he has just freed her? I hope this will be explained in Rambo Last Blood Part 2. <laughs> I hope there will be many more movies in the, th- in the future. I don't think you were watching very closely. He buried the girl alive. He just needed an excuse to beat the crap out of everybody. So. <laughs> Um, Poor girl. Jeesh. This guy says, the Mexicans all speak English. This sucks. That's not true. There's subtitles during the Spanish spoken Sure, parts. but they do all speak English. So I thought that was a bit ropey, but they kind of tried to balance it out, I think. And finally, this mo- this guy says, this movie is gratuitously racist. I'm a Mexican and I'm offended. I mean, I felt like it was like, oh, we are doing every bad Mexican person stereotype that we can think of. So, yeah, I could I can see that. Um, I definitely can. I mean, they're bad guys. They have to just be really horrible. But this guy says Quentin Tarantino would be full of respect for the splatter orgy at the end. (laughs) But the whole rest of this movie was very thin. Go and watch Rambo one again. I don't disagree. Rambo one is the better movie. It's really good, the first Rambo movie. Um, but I don't think this is a bad movie. It's just a very simplistic action movie. Mm-hmm. Um, and there is room for simplistic action movies. Sure. Um, I kind of enjoy I them wouldn't so. want a whole steady diet of them. No, but every once in a while, I'll watch, you know, Sylvester Stallone or Jason Statham or... Only the he throws a woman over his head. Kick somebody in the face. <laughs> I'll watch that. <laughs> So, um, conclusion... Oh, extras. There are extras. This is the 4K disc, and there is a um, actually a really, really good... It's called From First Note to Last Blood, Music for the Massacre. And that, while that sounds... I don't know what that sounds like. <laughs> it's the composer, Tyler? Mm-hmm. Is his name? T-Y-L-E-R is his last name. Brian Tyler. Brian Tyler. And I've never seen a, a music featurette on a blu-ray where where the guy's so enthusiastic and goes into detail of what he's doing that they aren't just saying i was so flattered when stallone called me it was a great opportunity that's what they usually say yeah he was really this guy was he a, even went to that place sometimes when he was listening to his own music and i love that yeah and then there's also a um a documentary about the movie called um drawing last blood the multi-part production diary and it's a on the set thing that is quite well made and you get to see they use drones and they um talk about like the old movies and there's a lot to it so yeah it was I and mean, we only watched one part and it was good yeah i'd watch the whole thing so, i assume um, that you will be watching that whole thing. yeah there's no commentary or anything but that's it so what uh rating do you give this i'm gonna give it a solid 7.5 I'm going to give this a uh, seven. Okay. Yeah. I think that for what it is, it's quality, and I'm, I've am i given up my battle against 
um, not comparing, but saying like, well, this movie's part of a franchise, but I want this movie to be its own thing. So I'm going to give that up. It's a hard habit to break, but I understand that we've just been told the whole story of this guy. Accidentally, they didn't mean for it to go on for 40 years, right? But, um, and I have to look at it all in context, and I feel like it it's a whole story that I think was told all right for what it is. It wasn't trying to be like, you know, saving the world or anything. It's just reinforcing an idea that if somebody fucks with your family, they're going to possibly get their heart cut out. I mean, it's not like, and I'm not advocating that. I'm just saying that's the idea. And, and uh, it feels right in line with the rest of these movies. I think Last Blood was a good title, too. Of it course. It all around. Circle. Of course. It's the circle of life. <laughs> Sweet. All right, so um, what else we got? Movie recommendations. Here's my movie re- recommendations based on Rambo First Blood. Last Blood. I'll give you Taken, <laughs> starring... Uh, Mr. Liam Neeson uh, in a sex trafficking romp. Is it a romp? I don't think so. I think that's a miscategorization. And I'll give you the movie Cobra, starring Sylvester Stallone. Hmm. Which I think is a masterpiece to this day. (gasps) Masterpiece? Yes. Oh my gosh. It's a masterpiece in like really cheesy movies. Okay. I watched it a lot of times on VHS. It was kind of one of the VHSs we owned, so it kept replayed a lot and um it's very cheesy but it was him trying to do like a a tough cop it's like if rambo was a cop okay did you ever watch it i don't think so oh it's pretty sweet (laughs) it's it's a bit like uh lethal but is it though it's a bit like lethal weapon um but without like the double act thing okay it's very cheesy and a 80s action masterpiece. <laughs> I I'm feel a- like that might be an exaggeration. No, it is. <laughs> so what have you got? Uh, I was trying to find, and you know, I'm not trying to sound all like specific or anything, but I was trying to find movies I've seen that are female Avengers, not actual Avenger. We know those females, um, but revenge by the female, who's not necessarily just the victim, you know, which we have seen in Revenge, which we just watched last year, right? Right. And other movies are like a spit on your grave, things like that. A vigilante. But then I guess the thing is, the men who get revenge are also victims because their wives have been raped or murdered or their children have been kidnapped, whatever. So they're victim of the crime as well. So then I was like, okay. So the two that aren't, they're not great movies, so don't call me up and text me or Twitter me or Twitch me or whatever you kids do and tell me that these movies suck. They're just about women who put together their own set of special skills and get their own kind of revenge. And one of them is Peppermint with Ben's Woman. Batman's Woman. Batman's Woman. Batman's Woman. Yes, it was. Not anymore. Mm-hmm. Jennifer Garner. Jennifer Garner. I can never remember her name. So Jennifer Garner, I should also say she was Alias. Yes, she was. So if you watched Alias, it was her. And a vigilante. She's also a credit card salesman. She is big time. Uh, And a vigilante with your woman. You like her. Olivia Wilde. Correct. Where 
she's getting revenge in her own way and sharing her skills with others. So a vigilante and peppermint. All right. Now, I would say Kill Bill because that's like the ultimate female revenge. But I've said it many times. If you choose to go watch it, that's up to you. It's a good movie. Very good. <laughs> Both parts. Good. He still, Quentin still has not. Apparently, there's a singular movie where it's all one thing, right? Mm. Which he, it's called the um, the whole bloody affair. It's called Kill Bill, the whole bloody affair. And it, it has shown at some cinemas around the world, uh, but it's never, ever been put out like for mm. people to see. Right. It's got new footage in it and the whole, do you remember like the American censors made him do it all in black and white mm-hmm. because they didn't want the gruesomeness? Well, it's all in color, that, that version. I'm dying to see it. If I watch it again, that's the one I want to see. So um, apparently it's going to come out at some point when he's stopped making other movies. So um, Ace Gully stuff, I've been playing a new Star Wars game, Star Wars Squadrons by EA. Oh, I know. It's very good. <laughs> it's um, I'm very aware. Why I really like it is there are you know I like space flying games, and this is obviously Star Wars space flying. It's a um, you're in a squadron, you're in an X-wing or a Tie. It's it's got a story in the game, and it's told from both sides, from the Empire and the Rebels, and you play as you know the bad guy and the good guy. And you see the battles that you're doing from both sides. So it kind of gives you the, you know, not like everybody's a bad guy. Everybody's a good guy, right? In wars. If you mm-hmm. look at the, if you look at a war from the other side, like there are just people over there who are not like all, you know, crazy. You know, the Nazis, for instance, let's mention those guys. You're not going to make any Nazis sound like normal people, are What I'm you? saying is, though, the Nazis... <laughs> I might have to disavow you. Ga- not every single Nazi over there, if you went and told every single Nazi story, was fully in on the thing. And, you know, some of them defected. Some of them ran away. You know, there's where, lots where of stories. Where are these stories? There's stories uh, from both sides that... You're dangerously tip, tipping in some dangerous No, everybody's territory. the bad guy is what I'm saying. I understand what you're saying. Even in, like, the <laughs> most, even the most evil, you know, this sex trade thing we just saw, there's probably somebody in that who's not evil. Right? Well, I think if you're supporting it at all, you're evil. Right. And I don't even believe in evil, so that's a pretty good trick. So this Star Wars game is, um, it's a multiplayer game, dogfighting, space combat. But then there's also a campaign, which is a full story, which is really well told. And there's cutscenes in between all the missions and you can wander around the space station that you're on. And it features like characters that you'll know from Star Wars, like Wedge and uh, R2-D2 and C-3PO are in there. You're not really working alongside like the people that you know. It takes place directly after Return of the Jedi as well. So the first mission is actually the uh, Empire saying that, you know, oh, our Death Star has just been blown up and those we just lost all our troops on Endor and now we're kind of fleeing to regroup. So you, you'll you understand where it is in the Star Wars thing immediately. Uh, and there's not many space I suppose combat. you would even defend some of the people who fight for the Empire. Yeah. Wouldn't you? You'd say, well, they're not all bad guys. 
Well, I've, I'm playing as one of the Empire guys, and he, he seems like the bad guy, and then he's doing the mission, and you're going along in the mission. This is the first mission, so it's not really a spoiler. You're going along in the mission, and he's, he's in the TIE fighter, and he shoots down, you know, you have to shoot down some rebels. Some X-Wings come, you shoot them. And then he gets to this position, like he flies in, flying into this space station, and he, his whole goal in this mission was to stay with his group of TIE fighters, make it look like he was regular doing his work, killing the rebels, but he'd already um, arranged to defect to the, to the rebels, and he was actually meeting his contact and then flying out of there. And then the next mission is you as the rebels playing that guy who's just defected and then all all of his friends are coming in the um, TIE fighters towards him. And mm. he has to, you know, so it gives you that feeling of like, I mean, it's a tale as old as time in the Star Wars thing. People <laughs> crossing over like, you know, like, oh, is Lando a good guy? Is he a bad guy? You know, that kind of thing. But it's pretty well done. And there are not many f- space flight games, really, like with dogfighting. I don't think there's enough of them. And this one, because it's Star Wars, the music's... All Star Wars, John Williams. It's particularly well made. The cockpits of the ships look really good. It's all in, um, it's not third person at all. It's all, you're inside the cockpit. So you can make it really immersive. You put your headphones on, turn it up, blast people out of the sky. It's really cool. (laughs) You have gone back to it many, many times during the days. And it's um, EA and there are no microtransactions in it. Everything is earned through just playing, which I applaud. Because EA are usually the kings of selling you crap. But it's none of that. It's just um, everything that you can earn in the game is in the game. You just have to level up your ship. You just play it and you level up. That's all there is to it. Star Wars Squadrons. The other thing is that it's available. You know, like EA used to only sell their stuff on Origin because they own the platform. Yes. Now it's EA have decided, oh, that's probably not the best way to go. So this game is actually on Origin. It's also on Steam, which is kind of unheard of for EA games. And it's also on Epic Game Store, which is the other one, the one where Fortnite is. So EA have kind of, it seems like they're learning the lesson about being greedy assholes. Uh, they're just still greedy. They want more money. And if, yeah, you, but if you sell on more platforms, you get more money. That's true. But they're also um, Game Pass, Microsoft's Game Pass, which I talk about a lot. Um, in November, EA are adding... Um, all their games to the Game Pass through, like, so when you get Microsoft's Game Pass, you also get all of EA's games mm. in it. So, I guess they're just taking money like greedily from other avenues instead of being greedy and just trying to lock it all down to themselves. Like. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think it's greed, though. I mean, let's be fair; it's capitalism, right? You yeah. you build a company, you want to make money, you want to pay your people, but yeah, they. They have some shady practices. Yeah, sure. well, when um, the Star Wars license was available, you know, for a video game producer to buy the rights to Star Wars and then make Star Wars games, when that was announced and then they said, oh, yes, EA bid the most and EA have got it. I was like, oh, that is the worst because I love Star Wars <laughs> and I hate EA stuff. So You don't hate their stuff. You just hate, I mean, their, I hate their business practices. practices yeah. Yeah. So they're going to just muck with Star Wars. And they did for a little bit with the Star Wars Battlefront games. They were full of like, hey, if you pay $15, you get Han Solo. And Han Solo's better than everybody else. And uh, you'll win. There yeah. was a lot of that, which I was like, fuck that. 
And then it was like, you went into a multiplayer game and everybody was Han Solo. Apart from you, because you're like, I'm not Yeah, and it just th- seems unreasonable. Yeah. So they've decided not to do that with this game, and that will make this game more enjoyable as it goes along. So Star Wars Squadrons is available now. Uh, PC, I played it on PC, but it's on Xbox and PS4 as well. So Sid Talk, what's for dinner? What do you want? I want, uh, you know, the usual. They don't know what that is if they've never heard of us before. Impossible Whopper from Burger King. (laughs) And we do not get sponsored by anyone for anything. But we will tell you that we eat Impossible Whoppers every Saturday because they're delicious. We're vegetarian. We've been vegetarian since 2009. But we're not hippy-dippy. I don't mean that in a bad way. We are not uh, animal rights activists. We're not vegan. Um, We don't care what you eat. You could eat your own leg right in front of me. I might be like, why are you doing that? But I'd be like, hey, it's your food choice. You do what you want. What have we also discovered this week? Purple carrot. Purple carrot is one of those things like HelloFresh where they send you the box with all the stuff and then you cook it yourself. And seriously, if you like vegetables. Now, this is a thing we've discovered in the years we've been vegetarian. I never really gave it much thought before. So many people say, ew, I don't like vegetables. We're just very lucky that you could probably plunk any vegetable in front of us <laughs> in any form and we'll at least try it or say, eh, I don't like it mashed, but I might like it fried or I might like it baked. And purple carrot, they have been amazing. We've had eggplant and tofu and potatoes. Oh my God. And that sausage, quote unquote sausage. That was my favorite. It was, it like, was um, so good. I mean, you can buy that sausage, I'm assuming. Yeah, it's made out of apples and potatoes and grains and it's got this... Amazing texture, and you prepared that one. You prepared it fantastic, beautiful. So tonight we're having the... I prepared the tofu one, and you prepared the... um, Eggplant one. That was really good, too, because it had the big couscous in it. They were all good. really couscous. It's expensive, Um, that purple carrot. It is. We only did it because we got the cheap first three, or one. I forget what the deal was. It was, yeah. And I'm only going to do HelloFresh... From now on, when I get their little email and text that says, hey, come back, we'll give you 50% off. Which we managed to get this week. Yeah. Which is a half price box, which is a good way of doing it. Yeah, I don't know if that's their planned business model, but for people like us, I just can't bring myself to spend that much. Even though if I added up how much we spend the rest of the days. Well, what you've found is when we get a subscription box, you don't go to the store very much that week. For at least four to five days. You might even not go that week. Correct, because the day before, I'd be like, well, we've got this, that, and the other. We can eat a sandwich or whatever. And to be fair, I do stop at Jimmy John's on the way from work. Not that people care about our food, but I'm just saying. We're vegetarian. We don't starve. <laughs> and we don't not eat no. fast food and whatnot. We don't just go on eating salad all the time, even though salad is awesome. I mean, I've been uh, watching what I eat recently. You have been. It's amazing. I applaud, I applaud you. You are, I am not you, so I'm very fascinated have, with the ability to stick to a certain amount of calories. I don't do that. So. I've lost 20-something pounds in three months. Dang! And that is just from eating less calories and you do the thing where it tells you to get up every hour and walk around. Yeah, not particularly exercise. I, I, no. I tried exercising hard and really did my foot in, remember? Mm-hmm. So I give that a rest and then just did some... And that was early on. So you have literally just eaten less calories and it's a little bit of a suffering. I know that it's not always pleasant. You get hungry. 
but you get up and walk around every hour while you're making a cup of tea. It takes about six minutes. You walk around in circles <laughs> in the dining room like a crazy person. And then for that six minutes, you've done your thing. So I think it's really cool. Again, I'm not you, so I applaud your efforts. I bought an exercise watch, basically. Mm-hmm. And um, that's how I've been. I, I find I respond to stats really well. You do. I and hate it, numbers. It really helps me, like, because I, otherwise I wouldn't stand up and wonder about, you know, at all. I, I don't even realize I've been sat down for an hour, and then I'm like, hold on. My watch will say, you haven't moved for an hour. I'll be like, oh, okay. I'll get off my it. ass. So, yeah. Uh, what is your advice? My advice is, you know, we were watching that music guy and even Sylvester Stallone at the end when he was giving some advice over one of the extras said something I do agree with 90%. He said, do what you what you know and what you're good at. Basically, just get really good at that. He said, I'm not a comedy guy. I'm not a romance guy. I'm good at this. So I just want to do this, tell the story of human connection and human condition through the thing I know and understand that I'm good at. Some people might argue that, but I think that's fair. And so, and the guy with the music, it's like he's so into it that another person who maybe thinks what they do in their life for a living or whatever is more valuable to humanity. But this guy knows music in a way that creates the music for this movie, right? And he is a hundred percent. It's like his life is that, right? Can you feel you feel that vibe? Yes. And I just think in life, just be good at something that and if you want to be good at something that fixes or creates or teaches somebody or grows something new or invents something new, then be good at that. Right? If you want to be like if you want to find something, like you wanna I don't know. I don't even know what. Like, be a gardener, right? Just become really good at it. Don't don't do it half-assed. I'm. I don't know how to say this right, but like, if you're good at something in life, you become good at it. It's going to use up a lot of your time. We know this. (laughs) You're going to be investing a lot of your energy into soaking up a lot of knowledge and information and skills that you can then share with other people. And when you get good at something, it's like you found. I don't, I don't want to say a purpose or a meaning, but you found the thing that kind of brings you alive, you know? And so yeah. that's it. Just be good at something. And if it has to be something productive, then find something productive. Be really good at fixing old lawnmowers or, you know, growing the perfect tomato or memorize all the parts of the human body and become some sort of medical technician of some kind. You know, like if that's your goal, then be good at it. Use the time. Take the time. You will lose a lot of time sitting around watching TV and having fun with your friends, guaranteed. Because being good at something means using a lot of your time, usually in isolation. So, but it's worth it. All right. So you can catch us on our website, aschoolie.com, Twitter, Facebook, Instagram. This podcast is available everywhere. Spotify, TuneIn, iTunes, Google Play, iHeartRadio, um, A-Word as we call it, devices, <laughs> Amazon's devices. I have to call one of them Azon. Azon. Because one's an Azon, one's an A-word, one's the E-word. Because they all trigger, and we've <laughs> yeah. got them all over the house, and you say the word, so we call it A-word. Yeah, if we're we suckers know. for technology. We can accept that. And um, 
You can also email feedback to me, ascully at ascully.com. Don't email Sid Talk. She can't stand any of you. In fact, she's like Rambo. If you email her, she'll be around there. <laughs> That's not true. She'll set traps. That is not true. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, stay classy, Mr. Sylvester Stallone, 75 years old and still making action movies. Pretty crazy. And I'm going to say, think for yourselves or someone will do it for you. 